Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Hi, you're listening to Great Women in Compliance, and this is Lisa Fine. We're on the Compliance Podcast Network. Today, we are very excited to speak to Kimberly Kaminsky, who's the Vice President and Chief Ethics Officer for BAE Systems, Inc. Kim, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Lisa. I'm really honored to be part of this podcast. And we are so excited to have you here. Can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you ended up at BAE? Sure. I started as an electronics technician after getting my uh, electronics technician degree and ultimately getting a business degree. Started with Honeywell in building test equipment and then worked for Honeywell, was spun off to Alliant Tech Systems, worked there for about 27 years, and then had the opportunity to go to a mid-sized company that had some issues with the U.S. government where I was able to build a ethics and compliance program from scratch. And it was global in nature, so that was another big draw. And then the opportunity came up to go to BAE, having the large company experience. So having heard the great reputation they had, I was really excited about joining BAE Systems, Inc., Wow, it's really great. One of the questions I had is that, as you know, a lot of people who are in the field of compliance come from law or a legal background. You came from a technical background. What did you see as the great advantages to that, challenges, opportunities, lessons learned? Sure. Being a technical expert really gave me a good framework for understanding an organization. The technical aspect gave insight into requirements to help build products for our customers. And I know you talked about the lawyer, non-lawyer experience. I think being a non-lawyer in a compliance role brings a different perspective to the mix. It's more of a functional personnel perspective versus that perspective of the, the legal framework. So it also helped coming up through the business to help understand and appreciate the different challenges at the business unit level. Yeah, I think that that's really important. I think that the blend is a really important thing for the compliance profession. I am a recovering attorney, depending on the day. (laughs) But but one Uh of the things I was embedded in the business for a long time and understanding what people are really doing versus understanding framework, I think is always a very important part of it. And being able to sort of almost speak two different languages is something as well. So that's something that you sort of brought to the business and vice versa as you were moving along. Right, right. And just being able to take the different nuggets that you gain along the way and listening to people is so important. You know, being in the quality organization or in government property or whatever, you know, function that you've had the opportunity to work in and really learning that trade and really working with people. That's one of the things I had opportunity to do early on was 
working with people on the manufacturing floor and understanding what their daily life is like and working with different people in the organization really to help, again, get those golden nuggets. And you can only do that if you're actively listening. Yeah, I understand. It just reminded me of one experience I had where I was on the floor in my former role and somebody looked at me and they said, Lisa, I said, wait, you're Lisa Fine? You're the compliance lady? You seem so nice. <laughs> I just was, I remember thinking like, this is a really helpful part for me to really be able to learn, you know, different sides of it. So that's one of the things it sounds like, you know, you brought into what you're doing now as well. Right, exactly, exactly. And I was very fortunate that you know, I'd been working on a project and the senior vice president of HR had actually came to me. There was an opening in our ethics and compliance area. She said, Kim, you really work well with people. Please come work our ethics program. And it's been such a wonderful experience and being open and listening and being able to recognize others. You know, when somebody brings you a particular concern, it's like a present and just thanking them for them bringing that forward because it's taken a lot for them to bring it, bring the concern forward. Yeah, it is a good part of the career. And also you've really been able to help people. So that's a fantastic part of it. To change the topic a little, one thing I noticed too that I didn't realize till I was preparing for this interview was that according to Pew Research Center, women account for like 19% of the CEOs in aerospace and defense compared with 5% all across the S&P 500. I found that to be fascinating. And having spent time you know, in those industries, I just wondered you know, your thoughts about that. Sure. So I think, you know, it takes time and it requires recognition that there is an issue. You know, I look at the legal teams that I have worked with and there have been a lot of strong women that I've had the honor to work with. The legal team here at BAE has over 60% women. We have a female chief diversity officer. Uh, so getting back to, you know, recognizing that there is that concern there. You know, we're at 19% with respect to the aerospace and defense, but we can do better. Young women entering the workplace are looking upward to seek role models. And I know when I was in my mid-20s and made a supervisor, there were not a lot of female role models to, you know, emulate. But as I said earlier, you look for those golden nuggets from the people that you do work with. And if you can see someone like yourself in jobs with greater levels of responsibility, you can see a path forward. And I think that, you know, defense industry has made improvements, but we can always do better. We do some amazing things in A&D, but we do need to compete with other industries, especially in such a tight job market. So innovation and technology are really our lifeblood and helping our employees staying on the cutting edge is aided through, you know, our tuition reimbursement programs, attracting and keeping diverse talent is also such a key area. And, you know, our people are the heart of our success. You listen to DOD leadership and they talk about having a strong industrial base. Well, that strong industrial base is not just the facilities and products. It's about the people. Yeah. And that's where I think ethics and compliance is such a critically important part of any field in any industry is that this is the opportunity for us to help 
companies, you know, do the right thing and our employees to be able to feel comfortable raising issues. Exactly. Exactly. You're right on, Lisa. Yeah. And with that, you've promoted it internally. You talk about doing better, even improving our current successes. And I know that you've been a leader both in this community and in the Twin Cities area in promoting ethics and compliance. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that and some of the leadership that you've provided in those areas. Sure, sure. So I know, you know, we are seeing inroads and diversity on several fronts. Some of the groups that, that I have belonged to and belong to right now have just been so instrumental in that. I've been fortunate to be in the organization of Defense Industry Initiative. I'm part of the working group. I have the honor to sit on the working group for that organization. And DII is an organization of defense contractors that promotes the highest standards of ethical conduct. We hold an annual forum, which members offer best practices from recognized industry and government leaders in addition to webinars and provide resources, such as the Small Business Toolkit, which can be found on the website. But then you've got the local organizations as well. And when I came here to the Arlington, Virginia area, the Capital Area Business Ethics Network was available and uh, reached out to see if there was some role I could play there. And at this point in time, I'm the program director for that. Cabin was formed in 2004, and it was an association of individuals having ethics, compliance, corporate social responsibility roles in business, nonprofits, and government organizations. And this is also an organization that promotes best practices, and the networking opportunities that are available. So that group meets on a quarterly basis and offers programs on a wide variety of topics. We had recent programs on sexual harassment and program effectiveness measurement, which are very helpful to the participants. And when I worked in the Twin City Minnesota area, we had a similar organization, the Twin City Compliance and Ethics Network, where we would get together and do the same thing, share ideas and benchmark with others. And I can say that the ethics and compliance field is one of the most giving communities that I've ever worked in. Sharing best practices is really a hallmark of the community. Yeah, I mean, I find that too. I mean, it's really, you know, in a world with so many different things that people may compete or worry about from different business standpoints. The ethics and compliance community is one where we all just all want to give everyone the best tools to do right and help our businesses and companies regardless of what they do. And that's one of the reasons that I find groups like Cabin that you mentioned and others, the other professional organizations, extremely inspiring from the networking right. to the practices. And, you know, for people listening online, if you're in either of those you know, communities, please look into those. And there are many, many other regional groups that, I mean, I find they make a tremendous difference when you get to speak with your compliance peers, friends, colleagues. It really is a great community. Exactly, Lisa. And if you're dealing with a particular problem, rather than creating things from whole cloth, reaching out to a colleague in the industry is so beneficial because I can guarantee someone else has probably encountered the problem that you're dealing with and has got some solutions that at least is a starting point to get your issue resolved. And also sometimes with sensitive issues, you're dealing with something where you can anonymize it 
very easily to speak with others outside the community, but it helps you get a decent perspective to be able to do what needs to get done without anything that might be sensitive. And it is really a helpful tool, like you said a second ago. Right, Uh, right. You're so right. You know, one other thing I think to talk about with you is we talked a little bit about your move from the Twin Cities to Arlington and your family and balancing and taking new challenges in your career. I thought that was really interesting and hoped you could share a bit. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, so I've had a little bit of a unique situation in terms of it's been about 12 years since my husband passed away. And the family and work colleagues have been so instrumental along the way. I've got uh, four boys. They're in the early 20s. The last two were twins. So they're 21 years old now. But, you know, working my way through a couple of different companies and having the opportunity to, like I said earlier, wanting to have a big company experience the position at BAE with the chief ethics officer came up and I had gone to my boys and I said, you know, this is going to be in Arlington, Virginia. And they were planning on staying back in the Minnesota area and they were just great. They said, mom, you go, you go, go do what you need to do. And so I accepted this job at BAE and I haven't looked back once. It's been such a great experience And, you know, you look back at your career moves along the way and the different people that you have worked with to be able to get where you are. You can't do this alone. Take the different nuggets that you get from people along the way and pay it forward. Absolutely help others along the way as well. Yeah, that's, it's amazing. And it sounds like your family was really supportive. And this was not only a challenge in terms of the large company, but in the geographical change. And it sounds like BAE has been just a terrific place to grow and to take that role. Exactly, exactly. Yes. And that's one of the things that I have enjoyed is no matter what company you're at, you are, again, getting back to the people and forming those relationships that you tap on to this day. Just give you an example. You know, I said I'd worked in the government property area for, and that's a compliance area, very heavily regulated and forming those relationships. I just had lunch with our government property administrator who's since retired many years ago and some people that I had worked with over the holidays and just keeping those relationships intact is so important. Yeah. And having that community is really critical throughout careers, especially with changes. And I think one thing I'd like to also ask you is if there's any advice you'd want to give to women in the compliance field, just generally inside or outside defense, you were talking a lot about different nuggets and giving us a lot of nuggets. I wanted to give you the opportunity to you know, mention any that you'd like to bring up before we close up. Sure. Great question. To any woman considering coming into the com- Compliance field, I would say we will welcome you with open arms. Lessons learned or advice really is network, 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 network. You know, if you're interested in the ethics and compliance field, talk with others that are in the field to get a better understanding. I'll just share a little story with you. I had been getting some new glasses a couple years ago, and the eyeglass technician asked me, What do you do for a job? And I said, I have got the coolest job in the world in the ethics and compliance field. 
because one day, you know, I could be working with the person down on the floor. The next day I could be giving a presentation to our board of directors. And the next week I could be in China doing training with a translator. You get to touch on so many different functions, so many different levels in the organization, dealing with management, that it's just a great, great opportunity. So keep an open mind. When I started as an electronics technician, I just think back to my high school days of counselor telling me, well, you know, maybe a dental hygienist is a good field to get into and just striving striving, striving, striving. And I knew as an electronics technician that it was a way to open a door and having that willingness to, you know, walk through that door and help other people along the way as well. So it's a great experience and I would encourage anyone to join the field. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Mary Shirley and I, who are hosting the podcast, Great Women in Compliance, Really appreciate taking the time with us, and I hope you have a really good day, and we really appreciate it. Great. Thank you so much, Lisa. I really appreciate it and very honored to be part of this podcast. I'm so honored that you were willing to do it and chose to join us, so thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Great Women in Compliance. We hope you'll join us in honoring the great women in the compliance field by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review.